No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, a radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you during the coming hour that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade, and I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? Doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it as always, Brian. I hope our listeners are doing well today, too. I think everybody's feeling pretty good this weekend. Here we are together again on the radio. It is April, the first month of the second quarter. And Brian, there's a lot of optimism out there. And what I mean by that is that we've had some nice, warm, sunny days here. People are pent up. They're getting out and doing some things. The restaurants seem to be opening up a little bit. There's more traffic on the road. And really, this means that emotionally, people are beginning to feel a lot better. Do you think that emotions like this may cause people to make some bad investment decisions, being that they're just so positive about everything? In other words, (laughs) should we still exercise caution? I would say that on every show, if I could. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think that historically that you look back at your life, this uh, investment decisions or financial decisions you made, you're probably going to go, huh, common theme was a lot of these were emotionally based. And then secondarily, that's when a lot of mistakes are made because I know I was having more conversations about getting out of the market with clients a year ago than I had in 12 years. And what would have been the best time to ever buy into the market? A year ago, uh, it had dropped. And that's when people were wanted, you know, they're freaking out because they didn't have, you know, these were new people I was talking to. They didn't have a plan. They didn't have proper diversification in other asset classes. And, uh, you know, they're looking at their portfolio going, I was going to retire in a year or two and now I'm not going to be able to. I'm I'm selling everything. This is gonna, world's coming to an end. I'm, I'm just going to cash. I'll work another 10 years. You know, that kind of conversation. And, um, oh, slow down. 
on, slow down. This is probably a buying opportunity. I don't know that for sure, but I kind of thought it was. That's I, I certainly treated it that way internally. And so, yeah, we can make terrible decisions when we base it on emotions. Brian, about a week ago, I checked the market there. I don't check it every day, but we're seeing some all-time highs as far as the Dow goes. I know that people look at this and they get really, really positive about this and they say, well, the Dow is way up like this. I'm all in. I'm going to just, you know, invest to the moon. Is that a wrong thing to do? What I mean by that is how much can you take from those figures as to, you know, where the Dow, the NASDAQ, and the S&P 500 are? Well, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because when you look at the Dow, we know it's just been up, 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 you know, but, you know, you might have invested in, in something that didn't do that. There's this one investment out there that, oh gosh, two years ago and almost two years ago in May, it dropped 10%. Two months later, it dropped 10% again. A year ago, it dropped 40%. It dropped 10% in June. It dropped 10% last November. Oh, that's the Dow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. I'm just looking at a two-year graph, and I, I can't even, you know, I'd, I'd be on here for the next 10 minutes telling you all the times it dropped a fair amount. And this is something that's going up, up, up. <laughs> so it just doesn't do it in a straight line. No risk investments do, especially stock markets. So a lot of emotional decisions are made along along that time period. And I'm just talking about the Dow. That's 30 companies. That's all it is. I mean, what parts of the market are you invested in? And, and then really, it's it comes down to knowing you and knowing what you're okay with and your age and your risk tolerance and your other assets. I mean, if you're young, yeah, go for it. I mean, the markets go up. I mean, we talk about it on the show all the time. When I started public accounting, the market, the Dow was in the 1000s. Now it's, you know, in the mid 30,000s. And so that was a good place to be. Uh, even though I had lots of tanking along the way, you know, that would have been a great place to be. But as we get older, uh, we don't know what the future necessarily is going to hold. And so we have to have a plan. We have to have the right mix of assets so that no matter what happens, you're okay. But that's not for everybody. Again, if you're younger, you don't need a significant mix of assets. You don't need a significant safety net in your investments strategies, you probably kind of want to go for it. So in answer to your question, it kind of depends. I mean, if you're in a place where you can go for it, then maybe you should. If you're in a place where you don't feel like you should, then maybe you should talk about other asset classes. So Brian, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the S&P 500, those are just indicators. And of course, they should not be used to make your financial decisions. As you said, the Dow's made up of only 30 companies. And certainly when you invest, you want to be open to more than just 30 companies. And it's not just in the market. There are a lot of other factors too. For those people who are trying to do it themselves and look at the market like this, are they missing out, do you think, not having a financial advisor such as yourself handling their finances? Well, I would say that a lot of people that are watching the market and investing are probably doing pretty well, actually, because the markets have been doing well. Really, what the financial advisor, you know, I don't go out there and talking to 25-year-olds and 30-year-olds very often and say, hey, you should move your money to me. You know, they're probably investing in, in stuff that they like and so forth, and they're probably doing pretty good. And I would suggest they buy a house, you know, because you got to live somewhere. You can't live in a stock portfolio, you know, so there's different advice for those folks. But financial advisors, I think their best value is leading to and in retirement because that's where other strategies come into play. You know, you could have a stockbroker and you just talk stocks all day and that's fine. Okay. So that's what you're doing. You're, you're trying to pick a better investment than the indexes. And sometimes you, you're right and sometimes you're wrong. That's the nature of that. 
But in retirement, we're, we're talking about a lot of other things. And, you know, I'll just list a few of them. Uh, Social Security optimization and what your cash flow look like. Your tax strategies. Uh, should I do Roth conversions? Estate and legacy planning. Should you have trust in your will and living trust? Uh, what about real estate dispositions and succession plan for your business? And, you know, I could go on and on and all these topics. Not one of those topics had anything to do with the stock market. And so to me, a financial advisor's true value, if they're able to do all those other things, which 90 plus percent of financial advisors cannot legally talk about income tax planning, they can't do estate planning, they can't do a lot of these things. And so if you are in a position where these things that I just mentioned, yeah, those are topics of of concern of mine, then you want to find a financial advisor. You can't really do that on your own very well, probably, because that's, you know, a lifetime of learning to get those answers right. And so that would be when I would say the value of a proper financial advisor, not just a financial advisor, but a proper one would be uh, worthy. And Brian, you mentioned taxes. We talk about taxes a lot on this radio program. A very important consideration when doing your financial plan. And if you are doing it yourself, I would imagine as well that you do not have the tax knowledge that a financial planner would have. And a financial planner doesn't have as much knowledge as a CPA. Big benefit here at Madrona Financial Services is the CPA company, right? Yeah, it's certainly a huge benefit. I mean, that's that's why I created the company to merge uh, the CPA world with the financial planning world and investment advisory relationships. So that, that's the whole reason uh, the companies were created. But it even goes beyond that. I get asked a ton of questions about just life situations. I inherited this asset. Should I hang on to it? Should I rent it out? Should I sell it? I heard about I wouldn't have to pay tax or should I move into it? You know, that kind of thing. Or how, sh- how should I fund my college or what are my plans for the next few years? When should I retire? When can I? What does my retirement look like? That's a huge one. That's the one we answer when we do the free financial plan for people. That's that's how we get to there. So many of these questions have to do more with experience, actually. Uh, the experience that the CPA firm brings in to the fold is enormous because we're doing thousands of tax returns a year. I don't personally do any of them, but I have in the past, of course. But with that experience and all the situations and, and, you know, I can answer questions that you just can't read in a book. You know, what should we do and why? Well, I, I can tell you I've had a lot of experiences with this. I've got clients that have done X, Y, and Z. So that really helps out in giving good advice outside of should I buy Amazon or Tesla? Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, both, I guess. But that's not my world. I'm, I'm not the Amazon versus Tesla guy. Uh, That's not what our firm's about. We're the firm about your life plan and getting solid advice, getting the right advice, trying to, you know, the best to our ability to back it up with a plan of of proper execution, uh, the proper diversification, but the advice giving component being at a very high quality level. Brian, speaking of taxes, we've mentioned before uh, the past couple of weeks, tax deadline, of course, extended until May 17th. You have until then to file your taxes. And I also read that you have till then to pay your taxes. Now, that does not preclude you should have made your first quarterly payment by April 15th. But what other benefits to the average investor does moving this tax deadline have? I don't know that it has a whole lot, honestly. Another month to do your taxes. Most people were ready to do their taxes in February, and whether they did them or not, a lot of us are procrastinators. And if you give me a deadline of April 15th, I don't care when I'm ready. I'm, I'm going to do it April 14th. And <laughs> Oh, it's been moved to May? Okay, I'm going to do it in May. 
that's just human nature for a large part. I would say more, though, it's just an opportunity to not be as frantic about pulling your tax stuff together. Getting your taxes done is important, but it's it's something that happened in the past. I still have meetings with people where they bring their tax information to me, and their question is, what can you do to save me taxes? And I just, you mean last year? Yeah, yeah. Here's my tax stuff. Your CPA that's your job, right? You're going to lower my taxes. I'm like, no, I can't do anything. That ship has sailed. That's last year. You know, and maybe surprising to hear this, but I'm a really good CPA, Jeff, but I can't help you with last year. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't change it. I don't have a time machine. Yeah. I can get, you know, the forms in the right, you know, get the numbers in the right forms and do all that. But that, like I said, that ship has sailed. So tax planning is not about doing your tax return in the past and getting it better. I think that's called cheating or fraud or something. I don't, yeah. I don't know how I'd really do that. So it's about the future. It's about right. the today beyond. And so that's what tax planning is about. What can we do going forward prospectively, not what can you change about my past? Yeah, tax planning is definitely looking through the windshield and not through the rear view mirror. We're talking with Brian Evans here at Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs on growing your wealth. If you're looking to hire a new financial advisor, you have at least $500,000 or more to invest. We highly encourage you to call 844-MADRONA to get a complimentary, no-cost, no-obligation financial plan. That's right. Uh, nobody's going to put the thumb down on you and call you over and over again to ask you when you're ready to sign up. It's just a chance for you to sort of kick the tires here at Madrona Financial and get a second set of eyes on that plan. If you do not have a plan yet, you can still get a complimentary first plan, too, by calling 844-MADRONA. You can also request it at madronafinancial.com. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We'll be right back with more of our program after this. Stay with us. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. When you need something important done around the house, you call a professional. Why is it when it comes to retirement investments, most people don't know what theirs is built on or even if it's right for them? Madrona Financial Services is made of a team of professionals that will create a retirement plan as individual as you are and make sure your financial foundation is clear to you every step of the way. Call them today at 844-MADRONA for a no-obligation retirement readiness review. They'll learn about what you want most out of retirement, plus you'll get an investment and retirement analysis and a tax analysis. You've worked hard to earn it and save it. Take the time to have the right professionals help you keep it and grow it. Find a better way at Madrona Financial Services and bring everything together. Call Madrona Financial Services today for your free retirement readiness review at 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. If you have an annuity or are thinking about getting an annuity, do not buy one until you talk to the financial professionals at Madrona Financial Services. Call 844-MADRONA today or visit online at madronafinancial.com for your no-obligation review. You may qualify for an upfront bonus and even guaranteed income growth. While some annuities can help you protect your assets in a volatile market, having the wrong one could cost you thousands. Don't let this happen to you. So if you own an annuity or are thinking about buying one, call the professionals at Madrona Financial Services, and they'll explain the different types of annuities, tax truths, what they'll mean to your spouse and heirs, and most of all, how they should fit into your overall portfolio. Call the professionals at Madrona Financial Services now for a no-obligation financial review and find out the truths about your annuities and how they should fit into your retirement income plan. The number to call is 844-MADRONA. 
That number again is 844-MADRONA or visit online at madronafinancial.com. Prosper with Madrona. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about the effect of the stimulus checks and interest rates. And Brian, the third stimulus checks have mostly been sent to uh, a lot of people in this country. Most people have received them. Some still haven't received them. What impact have these stimulus checks had on the economy so far, in your opinion? And what sort of impact is this third one going to have and even the possibility of a fourth one? I mean, how far can we go with this stimulus? Well, yeah, we've seen retail sales and certainly entertainment and restaurants and, you know, things are really coming back for a lot of industries. Uh, I mentioned on a previous show, my best buddy owns a chain of hotels in Canada, in British Columbia, luxury hotels, and and he is just chomping at the bit for, I mean, he had to close down and and that was really hard and hundreds of people had to be laid off. But he knows that these next two years, there's going to be such pent-up demand and people People's priorities have changed a lot to enjoying their time and, and not focusing on other more meaningless activities, even in my own life. I finally got the TV to work at home. I hadn't <laughs> even thought about doing that for you know a year because I didn't yeah. care. If I needed to see something, just pull it up on the internet for a minute. But you know, I'm not, I'm not watching TV. I'm tr- I'm doing other things. My priorities have changed. I never thought that would happen. You know, I grew up with a TV. I always had a TV on at home all the time. Right. And now I'm looking around, and going, Oh yeah, I, I don't even think about it anymore. I've got too much to do. And so a lot of people have changed their priorities. They're spending more time with people on their house on their activities and and so forth so a lot of money a lot of that money is going to be spent but what's also interesting a lot of young people put it in the market (laughs) i was reading about that Mm -hmm. you know i got a stimulus check i'm going to buy some amazon stock you know not spend it on amazon i'm going to buy amazon so i thought that that was a very interesting reaction too Brian, you mentioned a couple of things there, the market and real estate pretty much in the same sentence. If you do have a stimulus check or you've got a little extra money, you're looking for a place to put that. Is it a tough decision? Do I invest it in the market or do I invest it in real estate considering how hot the real estate market has been lately? Well, as I mentioned in the last segment, I'm I'm a big proponent for young people to buy a house because you can't live in a stock portfolio. And so you have to consider, what am I going to do? Where am I going to live? Am I going to just pay rent? My rent's 1800 a month. And I can pretty much guarantee you it'll be 2500 and it'll be 3000 and it'll be 3500 it'll be 4000 you know, over time. And so wouldn't you rather kind of have a plan for your real estate getting your foot in the door? We can't really predict uh, real estate, but I can say that I remember when I bought my first house, I kind of felt like I was late to the party because a few years earlier, the uh, housing market got really hot and prices increased about 40%. Gosh, I missed that one. And then I was buying in a hot market and prices had gone up again. I was like, oh, I missed some of this. Uh, I'm probably overpaying for this house. But I went ahead and did it. I bought that tri-level in Juanita, Kirkland area there for a whopping $86,500. Well, funny today. Even though three years earlier it had sold for 55 and I was like, oh, I missed out. Right. So 
I didn't miss out. I got my foot in the door, went up 50%. I sold it three years later. I bought twice the house for $235,000. I just looked on Zillow. I don't own it anymore, but I think it was a million two. And so on it goes. So yeah, there's, are you ever going to buy at the precisely best time? Probably not, because frankly, you don't know when that's going to be. But do you think prices will be higher in the future than they are today in real estate? Probably. If you buy real estate, you pay off your mortgage, do you think you'll be happy in retirement that you don't have a mortgage or a rent payment as opposed to having a rent payment? Uh, probably. So these are things that you can just go, oh yeah, I guess that makes some common sense there. That's, that's just common sense. I certainly would still encourage, regardless of the pricing, that young people try and have a plan. And that plan may not be buying locally. It may be buying in another part of the country where you can work, earn what you're going to earn, but afford the real estate where you can't afford it, maybe in downtown Bellevue or downtown Seattle. That's a good point, Brian. I've never seen more for sale signs in this area than I've seen recently. A lot of people have signs in the lawn, and I think they have that idea that, hey, now that I can work remotely, and I'm hoping that I'll continue to be able to work remotely. Now I can live pretty much anywhere. I can sell my house for, say, a million dollars here and take that money and buy the same house or more house in another market for $500,000 and then just bank the other $500,000. Do you think there's ever a bad time to invest in real estate? In your memory, have you ever seen a time in which real estate prices have gone down with the exception of 0708? Well, yeah, you, you, they're always going to have, you know, ups and downs, kind of like the market. Remember, I was telling you about the Dow just in the last two years have dropped 10% or more many, many times, yet it's way up. Same thing can be said for real estate, although it's not as apparent. We don't get a ticker, a daily ticker on the value of our real estate across our computer screen like we do the value of our stock portfolio. So, you know, it's, it's a little more clandestine as to that. And certainly, there's different kinds of real estate. I mean, there's a principal residence, which I'm a big fan of. There's rentals. Well, that's a business. So if you're not good at the business of being a landlord, then maybe you shouldn't do that. Uh, there's business use real estate. There's second homes. There's raw land. There's other areas of the country. So there's a lot that can go into that real estate decision. I, I think I'm primarily focusing on discussing how I think it's a good idea to make sure that your principal residence, uh, you, you got your foot in the door. You've got something right. that that you can start paying down so that in retirement you don't have a mortgage. Brian, interest rates right now hovering about 3%. I think that's what's driving this real estate market is this cheap money. Do we see in the future, do we have any idea when these interest rates may go up again and cool the housing market a little bit? Well, that's that's a great question because you're, you're spot on. Why are how real estate so valuable? Because rates are so low. Same amount of monthly payment, you can buy twice as much house than you, as you could years ago. When I bought that first house uh, way back when, I remember my mortgage was 8 0.625. And I thought that was an awesome rate because growing up, all I'd known was that mortgages were as high as 18%, yeah. uh, 12, 10, and they finally busted below 10 about a year before I bought this house. And I was like, wow, what a great time to buy. Rates are below 10. Well, now that they're, you know, you can get a mortgage for, you know, three, uh, yeah, that's a, that can be a really great time to buy. And money's cheap. Now, to anticipate what interest rates are going to do, that, that's very difficult to do. And anything on this show, you know, when you ask me what something going to do, I say, I don't know, because <laughs> I don't. Yeah. But we do have indicators. One of the indicators I use is the 10-year yield. 
because if investors are willing to accept a certain return for 10 years, that tells me, well, that's kind of the interest rate. That's, that's the base interest rate, and we add on risk above that. The U.S. yield for 10-year treasuries is about 1.5%. And so that tells me that we've got so many people willing to invest at one and a half for 10 years. So I don't anticipate if the world thought rates were going to go way up, that wouldn't be the case. Now I want to look at it, though, internationally. And we'll play a little Jeopardy here. Uh, the, I think this is how it goes. The, the answer is Switzerland, Netherlands, and Germany. And the question is, which countries have negative 10-year yields? Those three. Uh, the next answer is Japan and France. And the uh, question is, which countries have interest rates for 10 years below a tenth of 1%? So we're talking zero yields, essentially, in many major countries. And so globally, there's a lot of money out there just looking for safety. I mean, I'm, I don't know that that's all that safe. What's interesting to me, yeah, you know, countries like Portugal or Spain, which not that long ago were going to cause the euro to fall apart and all that stuff because they were doing so poorly. They're at 0.4% for 10 years, way better than the U.S. I, I can't get, wrap my head around that. I don't think investing in Portuguese 10-year yield bonds is the safest thing on the planet. Yeah. But if I do, I get four-tenths of 1% for 10 years. Uh, that's not so good. But it is good for interest rates. It tells me that people, there's so much money out there chasing so few assets that they're willing to accept virtually zero yields or one and a half in the U.S. And so I don't anticipate rates going significantly up because of the 10-year yields globally. Brian, we've spoken before in this program about real estate in second homes. And prior to this, we have uh, advised, I think, against buying second residences versus just renting a hotel room or VRBO, whatever those things are called. With interest rates so low, I think people are rethinking that strategy about buying a second home. What do you think about taking advantage of low interest rates to do that to buy a second residence? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that has been something I've said over the years, but I'm, I'm willing to change my topic a little bit on that because we've had a priority change. Now, before, I said that because I had so many clients that would buy another place, and then the, the common theme was, yeah, we never go there. And so and I said, okay, I don't, I don't think people should buy a second home because they, they say, oh, I want to go other places. And what they could afford, they could afford something in eastern Washington or in Oregon or or in Arizona or whatever. And they say, yeah, we just don't go there. So, yeah, that doesn't make a great investment, and it kind of limits where you're options are. But now with interest rates so low and the ability, frankly, people's finances being better, their priorities shifting due to COVID, uh, maybe retirement on the horizon, and maybe they're looking at spending extended periods of time in their second home. Now, I think I'll change my advice a little bit and say, for those folks, uh, you might make a run of that. It might work out for you it, because if you can buy it in an awesome place, not just a place, you know, right, an right. awesome place, someplace that you really, really want to go to, maybe it makes sense, given the low interest rates and your change in finances, that you're not really adding any time to your work career time, you know, having to work. You have excess retirement assets you don't plan on spending. Maybe it does make sense to do that. So then, then at that point, you got to consider, yeah, how much time am I going to spend there? What is my retirement plan still sound? What's the maintenance going to look like? Am I going to make it a vacation rental or not? Do I go in 
combined with another family member or another partner on the house or not. Uh, so there's a lot of considerations and then the legacy aspect of that and the tax implications of that too. So the condo in Hawaii looking just a little bit brighter right now. I think I have to check into that. You're listening to Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. We've been talking about interest rates and real estate. If you're looking to hire a new financial advisor, you have at least $500,000 or more to invest. I highly encourage you to call 844-MADRONA for your no-cost, no-obligation, complimentary financial plan. Once again, that number, 844-MADRONA. You can also request your plan online at madronafinancial.com. Brian, time for a break. We'll be right back with more of our show after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. 2020 has come to an end, and the passing of another year means we get to start fresh and reevaluate our goals. As we enter into 2021, take a moment to reflect back on what mattered most in the past year. It could have been your health, your friends, and most likely, your family. Let the start to 2021 be a call to action to ensure that you have a solid estate and legacy plan in place for your family. Call 844-MADRONA to get more information on creating a plan to fit your loved one's needs. At Madrona Financial Services, they believe in creating comprehensive written plans designed to help ensure you never outlive your money and that your plan also reflects the wishes you have for your family. And to make it easy, Madrona Financial Services offers complimentary virtual no-obligation meetings where they'll take the time to discuss your unique goals and financial situation. Leave this past year behind and enter a new one with the confidence that your loved one's future is secure. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. Don't let the health crisis that began in 2020 become a wealth crisis for you in your retirement. Times like these require a plan and people you can trust by your side. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services has been helping retirees navigate through changing times for more than 30 years. If you're not 100% certain that your current plan is equipped to handle times like these, call Madrona Financial Services right now and Brian will meet with you personally. The number is 844-MADRONA. That's 844-MADRONA. But spaces are limited, so call now. The pandemic could likely affect your taxes, social security, your investments, your health care, and a lot more. So now isn't the time for guesswork. Call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA. A sound strategy and a team by your side could add hundreds of thousands of dollars or more over your retirement. Call 844-MADRONA right now. That's 844-MADRONA. Or visit online at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona Bundle of Services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about whether it's wise for retirees to actively trade stocks. And Brian, a lot of people have got a little excess time on their hands these days, especially retirees who may have gone out and played golf or, you know, did some things out in the community, some volunteer work. Maybe they went to see the kids or the grandkids and now they're just home. There's only so much television that you can watch and there's only so much to do. So some people have turned to, hey, I've heard 
heard about these little apps that you can get for your phone like Robinhood and it allows me to trade stocks online by myself and instead of playing video games, they're sort of playing games with their stocks a little bit. So the question is, and you pointed it out there in the intro to this segment, is it really wise for retirees to get involved actively with trading their own stocks? Well, the easy answer is it depends on whether you did well or not. But yeah. <laughs> I think we'll, we'll pretend that uh, we're trying to think about the future because, you know, if, if you got lucky and picked the right one, you go, oh, I'm a genius. Right. And then, you know, later you go, oops, uh, it went the other direction. Now I'm an idiot. I'm like, well, actually, you're neither. That's the world of stock trading. You feel like a genius when you're it's doing well, nothing that you had anything to do with. Right. And you feel like an idiot when it's it's not. So you might be surprised by my answer because as a financial advisor, if, if anybody listening to the show ever brought up, hey, I'm thinking about trading my own stocks, pretty much sure about 98% of financial advisors say, oh, don't do that. You need to leave all your money with me, the experts. And that would probably be what you're, you're hearing. And I would have a different answer. In fact, I wrote about this. The first time I ever contributed to a book was a little black book on personal finance way Mm -hmm. back when. I think it was the early 2000s. The chapter I wrote, I only had one chapter in that book. I was talking about asset allocation, diversification, uh, mentioned how I thought real estate would be a good place to be. Don't ignore it. Uh, Stocks, bonds, large cap, mid cap, small cap, all those kinds of areas. But I also, at the end of it, I talked about play money. And what I discussed in there was that, you know, as a financial advisor, I can't take massive risks with somebody's portfolio. I can't just say, you know, I think that this company is going to come up with the next vaccine. And then, oops, there were four companies. I missed it. (laughs) I was the one that didn't or whatever. And, you know, it's very hit and miss. I can't just put half my client's money into a stock or something like that. But as an uh, individual investor, you might say to yourself, you know, I know something about a particular industry or a particular product. And I think it's really good. And I want to invest in it because I think that they're going to be really different. And, you know, five years ago, it could have been, you know, they just said Amazon's going to be it or Tesla's going to be it or whatever, you know, your company. And you thought that that one was really going to rock and roll. And it might have been Boeing and you might have, you know, missed that one a little bit or or whatever. But you feel strongly about a company, uh, three companies, you know, it's usually just a few. I would say that it's okay for you to carve that out. But the point is, are you going to carve out 80% of your retirement portfolio on that kind of gamble? 5%, 12%, you know, you got to figure out what what amount are you okay with whatever it does. And it may go way up in value, and I hope it does. Or it may go down in value, and you'll still be okay with the rest of your money. So you have a permanent portfolio that's going to be have asset allocation. It's never going to be the best thing on the market. It's never going to be the worst. That's the point of it. But you can have a percentage of your assets if you feel strongly you've done some research. Now, some people called me and said, I've looked at, I'm looking at this stock. I said, what do you know about it? Well, not much. But my neighbor says it's really awesome. And Well, I looked up and go, well, it's not so awesome. Here's some of their financials. I go, oh, I'm glad I called you. But often it's, it's something they just feel strongly about. I love Costco. I go there all the time. I'm just going to buy Costco. And great, buy some Costco and hang on to it. So, you know, it's a mixed answer on this, Jeff, uh, that certainly there are situations where I think it's highly appropriate for you to have a portion of your portfolio in stocks that you feel strongly about. 
so if I'm correct in getting your point here, Brian, it's that you've got some play money, and let's say you set aside a couple of thousand dollars or whatever you can afford to lose, and that's what you play with, but you really don't want to mess much with the money that you need to put a roof over your head, food on the table, that sort of thing. And as you said, you know, you get stock tips from people all the time, the mailman, you get them from your neighbor and so forth, but oftentimes they're really not cracked up to uh, be what this person says that there's going to be. Well, yeah, one of the things I want to say about that, it could be a couple thousand, it could be a couple hundred thousand. It really comes down to your percentage because if you're worth 20 million, well, don't even bother with a couple thousand. It's not going to move the needle. If you're going to think you really found a stock, well, do hundreds of thousands, you know, and make it move the needle. It's more about a percentage. You might say, well, I'm going to put 10% in the 5%, whatever that percentage is, and run with that. And so it's going to be more of a percentage outlook on that. And you're right. I mean, you may hear tips from people or you may turn on the TV and go, you know, that Kramer says this is a definite win. It's going to go. It's going to explode. It's the next big thing. And you throw something against the wall or whatever. And I know they did a study on his hot stock tips, and it was right about the average of the S&P 500. So it's an entertainment show. He's not a licensed financial advisor. That's why he can make stock picks on TV, because he isn't licensed to give advice. He's an entertainer. He used to be licensed, but he isn't anymore. And so it is what it is. So be careful where you get your advice. A lot of times your gut feels probably better than what someone else's gut feel is anyway. So if you love Costco because you shop there all the time, your gut's probably better than Kramer's gut as far as which stock you should buy. But I would look at it from a percentage basis, not necessarily a dollars basis. Brian, is it true that by the time that you hear about something, you hear about a technology or you hear about a stock, uh, something that is growing greatly, is it too late to invest in it? You know, I used to think that uh, because, you know, that's kind of how it was back in the day. But anymore, you look at momentum and I have a momentum ETF in many of my portfolios. And what that says is once a stock is on an upward trajectory, it tends to stay on that trajectory for quite some time anymore if you're in the right ones. So if you think of a Tesla or you think of a, you know, a tech stock or, or, you know, an Apple or, or something like that. I mean, once they started going up, a Home Depot, whatever, Costco, once they started going up, they really haven't looked back. And I can look up every statistic on them and say, well, gee, this one's overvalued. But what it doesn't say, the statistics don't say, is how innovative these companies are and that they're going to probably beat their expectations. They're going to come up with new products and and services and so forth. And so that's not really embedded in the historical research. So anymore, because of what I talked about earlier on the show, the, the excessive advancements in technology and how certain companies are adopting that and reinventing themselves every couple of years, those companies will probably continue to do that. They're not going to stop doing that. And sometimes they stop for a while. I would say Microsoft kind of did for a while. They were in a malaise for over 10 years that stock didn't move while the rest of the market did didn't move too much and now they've kind of reinvented themselves with the cloud and all that stuff so now they're more of a momentum stock so yeah i said a lot of words there hopefully some of that made sense i get so excited i just keep talking and yeah about uh how i look at this stuff but uh there's a little insight to what's going on in my brain 
Yeah, I would have. I would have never thought that Tesla would be as successful as it is because I remember, you know, this was a couple of years ago when they had trouble delivering the cars that people had ordered, and so many people were uh, canceling those. But you know, that is one that just went on. I mean, there's SpaceX and Elon Musk just keeps coming up with more things to do. So Tesla would have fooled me. For the average investor, Brian, is there a way for someone to sort of look under the hood of these stocks and really see what they're all about, valuations that is, before they pull the trigger on them? Oh, sure. I mean, you can look at projections, analysts, estimates of profits relative to the price and the growth of profits uh, relative to the price called the PEG ratio, the PEG ratio. You can look at many of these different attributes. And I guess what I'm pointing out, if you looked at Tesla, when, when you were just talking about it, they were hemorrhaging money. They were projected to lose money. They couldn't deliver cars. They're in an industry that's tough. Making cars is tough to make a big profit on, profit margin, because you have such high costs of production, materials, labor, steel, you know, whatever it is, and the battery technology, the research and development. I mean, they're, they're just, how are you going to make a profit? And same thing with Amazon a whole bunch of years ago. How are you ever going to make a profit doing this? And it took them, you know, 20 years to figure that out. But once they did, boy, now they've really figured it out because they innovated along the way. So no amount of research into their facts and figures would have led you to the conclusion that it was good to buy Amazon or Tesla. But as we know, that would have been a great place to put your money. So there are certain industries like technology and innovative companies, you almost have to throw that stuff out. And other industries, maybe you can look at and analyze a little bit more. But it's tough because you look at like the energy sector and they're, none of them, they're, they're losing money. So it's going to say... Don't buy them. Well, it might be a good time to buy because maybe they're going to turn things around. Certain ones, I don't know. And so it's you can get some of that information, but you got to be careful on your analysis of what it means because you don't know what innovation is going to happen in the future. Yeah, you really have to be able to interpret that information. And, of course, somebody who's done it as long as you have can interpret that information and get more of a, a true answer than someone else who doesn't have that experience. When it comes to stock investing and, you know, taking a look at your portfolio as you get older and get into retirement. And, Brian, you know, you talked about all this tech stuff. Is it still a good idea to sort of lay the foundation or make the foundation of your stock portfolio more of the, you know, sort of stalwart stocks out there that, that just, the, the you know, people who make light bulbs, that sort of thing. And, you know, just sort of the the stocks that we've known for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Right. You know, and I can't give specific investment advice, but I will tell you, if you're putting together a portfolio, I would not ignore the tech sector. (laughs) No, I mean, you think about this post-COVID world. Again, where are the most innovative companies going to be? Well, certainly you look at some of the top ones like Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, uh, Netflix, those kinds of companies. They're coming up with new stuff all the time. So, boy, I, I, I feel comfortable investing in those companies, regardless of their valuation long term. I think they're going to be much better in the future than they are today. That's Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And we've been talking about whether or not it is wise for retirees to actively trade stocks and what we could learn from 2020. If you'd like your no-cost, no-obligation financial portfolio from Brian, maybe it's a first look or maybe you've got a plan with somebody else you want a second or a third opinion on that. Again, the advisors here are happy to help you, again, at no cost. Call 844-MADRONA, 844-MADRONA. And, of course, you can find out more about the firm online at madronafinancial.com. Brian, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll review some end-of-year financial checklist items for you and more when our show continues after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. 
And now it's time for Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial Services. Here's Brian Evans. Today, I want to talk a little bit about the real estate market. It's been a heated market around here for sure. I have realtor friends that have told me that, you know, they see a house listed for 600000 go in with an offer at six fifty, and end up losing it by 150000 to an all-cash offer. It's a super heated up market. There's various reasons for that. One of the big reasons is we've just had a big shift in priorities due to COVID. A lot of people are valuing their home time more because they're forced to spend so much more time at home. Another thing that that's come out of this is in the old days, it seemed to me a lot of my clients, when they were thinking about moving, were gonna build on a new lot. They were gonna build their own house and hire it out. So, you know, construction costs were $100 a square foot perhaps, and they'd price it out and they'd say, okay, we can build a really nice house for maybe $600,000. Well, that's just not the case anymore because COVID has also brought in some different things to the market. One thing is it's disrupted supply chains and the cost of materials has gone way up up if you can even get them. Labor has gone way up because everybody's so busy in the trades. They're so busy with people trying to fix up what they do have. Housing prices have gone up, so people are willing to put a lot more money into their own house. So we're seeing a situation where even if you could find a good contractor, they don't have the time. So a lot of people are no longer looking at building their own house or looking at buying. And when you have a lot of buyers and not a lot of sellers, there's one thing that does to prices and it makes them go way up. Do you have a question about real estate investing, retirement planning, or taxes? Get your questions answered by the financial professionals at Madrona Financial Services. Brian Evans and his team of advisors and CPAs are armed with the knowledge you need to take control of your financial future. Call them today at 844-MADRONA or visit madronafinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about fixed income outlook for 2021. And Brian, I've got some information in front of me that I want to talk to you about a little bit here. I've got a graph too, which is kind of hard to show on the radio, but you know, we'll be kind of theater of the mind here with describing this a little bit. But you know, the facts are the Fed stimulus is going to stay around longer. There's a slightly steeper yield curve and debt and inflation are longer term factors. So in a nutshell, what is the outlook for fixed income products here in the near and in the distant future? Yeah, and as I mentioned in the last segment, the big financial advisory firm with offices and all the strip malls and so forth, uh, I was reading their fixed income outlook and they, they talk about having, you know, keeping your allocation of bonds, but then they also acknowledge bonds don't really pay much. And then they say that we think that interest rates are going to go up somewhat on bonds. So I wanted to talk briefly about what does that mean? So you own bonds and interest rates go up 1%, say. What does that mean to me? Well, the shorter the bond, the less it means. The longer the bond, the more it means. So when I say shorter, let's say that you own two-year treasury notes and the interest rates go up 1%. Well, you lose 2% of the value of your bond when that happens. You've got two years of getting 1% less than what the new bonds generate. So if you sold your bond, you'd have to sell it at a discount, a discount of about 2%. Oh, let's say you owned a, a five-year treasury note. Well, same thing. It would be about a 5% drop in value. 
if we start doing the math on this, what if you bought 10-year treasuries? And 10-year treasuries don't even pay 1% a year. If interest rates go up 1% on the 10-year treasury, you lose 9% of your value. And so basically all of your interest for 10 years you would lose if they go up 1%. You'd have to sell it at a 9% discount today. So that would not be a good thing. And finally, on a 30-year treasury note, if interest rates go up 1% on those, you'll lose 21% of your value. You literally would be able to sell it at about 80 cents on the dollar if interest rates go up 1%. So I'm looking at these stats thinking, huh, maybe I don't want to be too overweighted into bonds. If I think rates are going to go up, if they don't pay very well as it is, maybe that's not the best place for my investments. Because right now, the inflation adjusted real return on 10-year treasury yields, which is the yield on the treasury, let's just assume rates don't change. The yield on the treasury minus inflation is positive, nope, negative 1% a year. You're losing 1% a year to inflation by buying 10-year treasuries. Brian, when we talked about this in the past, we have talked about other countries where there are negative yield returns. Are they already here in real terms in the United States? Well, no, the the U.S. Treasury, 10-year Treasury, is you know hovering in the 1% plus or minus range. And you're right, there are some countries where there's still negative territory. Uh, you actually pay that government to hold your money for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I, for the life of me, can't figure out why that's a good investment for anybody. But I guess if you have billions of dollars and you just need to find a home for it and you don't want to lose it, all right, bury it in the backyard and buy these 10-year treasuries of these different countries and then come back 10 years later and you'll just, you know, a little bit trickled out and you get the rest, I guess. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one for me to get my head around. But I contend that for our clients, there are bond alternatives. So if, if I'm kind of painting a not so rosy picture of bonds, I'm, uh, it's because I don't have a very rosy picture of having too much in that category. And uh, so if you're at 40, 50, 60 percent bonds in your portfolio, you might want to give us a ring and say, okay, what are some of these alternatives to signing up for negative yields or negative inflation adjusted yields or avoiding if I if you think inflation is going to come back and you own a lot of bonds, you're going, huh, I'm going to lose money on my bonds. Maybe I don't want to do that. If I know this, maybe I want an alternative to bonds and having too many of them in my portfolio. Okay, Brian, so let me ask you, what are some of the uh, viable bond alternatives out there that we can take advantage of? Oh, there's lots of them. You could go with, uh, certainly, people buy bonds for security. Uh, I know the fixed index annuities are secure. Uh, fixed annuities are definitely secure. CDs are. Uh, they don't pay much. Uh, you can generally find a fixed annuity will pay more than a CD. That's, that's the nature of the beast uh, in the markets. Fixed index universal life can be an alternative. You can have real estate as an alternative asset class. Passive REITs, Real Estate Investment Trust, uh, Delaware Statutory Trust, those kinds of investments. They aren't secure like a fixed index annuity or CD, but they are uh, not correlated to the market, whether, whether it be the stock market or the bond market. So having enough uncorrelated asset classes is one way to diversify risk out of a portfolio. So there's a number of ways to build a portfolio that doesn't have to be totally bond heavy. 
Debt and inflation, these are longer-term factors. Certainly, we're adding to our debt. What about the inflation right now? Where do you see that going? Is it going to remain as low as it is? Well, I think inflation will be low. Again, how are you going to raise prices when there's so much, you know, the demand for your goods or services is not going to outpace the supply. So that's what it takes for, for inflation, too to uh, rear its ugly head. So I don't see a lot of inflation in the near future, but there is some. And so we have to acknowledge that. You bring up a good point. Uh, Low interest rates are great, unless you're on the receiving end of the interest and and you're counting on it for your retirement. Not so great. And that's why I'm having this discussion about the, the bond yields and alternatives to that. So you can find stuff that maybe will pay something that, that actually can beat inflation instead of as a, almost a guarantee to lose to inflation. So, Brian, let's sum it all up here on our program today. We have talked about lessons that we could learn from 2020 and the economic outlook here for 2021. The fixed income outlook as far as interest rates go. We've talked about the economy, the volatility of the stock market. What can the average investor, the person listening to our program today, who may not be the average investor, but may be a little more affluent, they're looking to grow their money somehow. What would be the advice if you could put it in a thumbnail? What should we take away from our conversation today that we can use? Uh, Get a plan and get a plan from an experienced financial advisor that has access to the areas uh, outside of just stocks and bonds that you don't have access to. So you have those options. You look at them, decide whether they're right for you, uh, but have a plan, get a plan done and uh, get it done by someone that can provide those answers. And that's really what this show is about. It's about, you know, I I love talking to you, Jeff, and all that stuff. But, you know, what's our what's our purpose here? Our purpose is to help people that have been successful financially to give them a resource to where they can go that they would trust that they would get good answers and have access to the the tools they need to build their own uh, positive uh, retirement plan, uh, financial plan for their life, and have uh, the answers they need provided to them. So that's that's what this show is about. And we talked earlier about my older brother, too. Of course, he wouldn't be listening to this. He doesn't live in this part of the country. But let that be a lesson that if you think you can do it yourself, you probably can't. Maybe you can, but it would be a good idea to have a plan. At least get a second opinion from someone who has been down this road for 30 years. And that's what you'll get here at Madrona Financial Services. Once again, get your plan. There is no cost to this plan. I mean, the price is right. There's no obligation. Obligation. Nobody here has any sales training. You won't get those telephone calls. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Just a chance for you to come in and ask your questions to get a plan with no cost and no obligation. If it is a good fit for you, if it is a good fit for Madrona Financial, you can do some great things together. So get that plan today. Get it tomorrow. Get it next week, but just get it soon. 844-MADRONA is the number to call. 844-MADRONA. And I highly encourage you to go out to the website at Madrona financial.com. There's an education tab right there on the website that you can get those guides, important birthdays to remember, all sorts of things that you can peruse and you can get the information that you need to make some intelligent decisions about your money. Once again, 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. Brian, we just get started and it's time for us to go. I want to thank everybody for joining us this week. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. This is Brian Evans, founder of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPA and host of the Growing Your Wealth radio show. 
If you're close to or in retirement and don't have a tax plan, get one. It could mean hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout your retirement. Our country has been spending like never before, and that tax bill is coming. At Madrona Financial Services, we help build tax strategies into retirement and investment plans designed for you to help keep more of your gains. Take action and call us at 844-MADRONA to schedule a retirement tax analysis today. That's 844-MADRONA. After World War II, taxes reached 90% and were as high as 70% in the 80s. Don't be caught off guard. You can retire right and on your terms. Call to schedule a virtual or in-person review. Our number is 844-MADRONA. That's 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. That's madronafinancial.com. The word volatile is rarely used when describing something desirable. It's usually not associated with pleasant outcomes and doesn't sound very appealing unless you're describing a roller coaster or some other thrill ride. And when it comes to your retirement plan, volatile is the last word you want to hear when talking about your nest egg. At Madrona Financial Services, we like to focus on other words when it comes to retirement planning. Words like predictability, opportunity, and security. And while we may live in volatile times, there are strategies that you could be using right now to lessen or even possibly eliminate its impact on your portfolio. If you're concerned about your exposure to market volatility, call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA to schedule your complimentary review. We'll perform a risk analysis of your current portfolio and then discuss the ways we can help you achieve your retirement goals without taking unnecessary chances with your nest egg. Take back control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit us at madronafinancial.com.